And now we're going to take just a minute to hear about another great podcast on the Osiris Network. You can listen to all of our shows at OsirisPod.com. Hi, my name is Tim Wheaton. I'm the host of the Daddy Unscripted podcast. No, it's not just me talking with dads about being dads, and it's not just for dads, that's for sure. What it is is a varied spectrum of inspiring stories and emotional tales from a wide range of guests that come from the world of sports, of music, and even the guy that lives down the street from you. Not that guy, but the other guy. Yeah, that one. I can pretty much guarantee you're going to get something out of every episode. So come check out the Daddy Unscripted podcast. mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. My name is Michael Shields. I'm one of your hosts. I am here, as always, or almost always, uh, with Brian Saxon. What's up, Brian? What's up, man? How you doing? We're back at it real quick. I like this. Yeah, yeah. Just rocked the Game of Thrones one. We can go. There we go. Some sirens up front. Uh, and we're not alone, which is fantastic. We, uh, we have a guest, because it is a special episode, um, and we have this guest has been here before, and we've been wanting to get him back. The fans have wanted to get him back. Has there been fan There's demand? Been fan demand. No, I mean, I've, I've heard many people love We did the Arnold Schwarzenegger episode with Will Nunziata. We have Will Nunziata with us here from Godwin Evan. Welcome, Will. Hey, hey, hey. Am I the only guest that you've had that's been here three times? Yeah, you are the returning champ. Returning champ, almost a co-host at this point. Kind of, like I'm real close. Yeah, I think we had so much fun the last time you were here. I think we might have even asked you, like, "Hey, you're welcome, whatever." I think we asked you to do this because I thought we, I thought you had mentioned that you loved this movie. And then you were kind of hesitant, and we were like, "No, no, no, you're doing yeah. it." Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was very totalitarianism of us. Definitely. And this movie is Apocalypse Now. What we're doing today is a celebration of, um, for my money, one of the best movies uh, ever made. But it's uh, this year. It turns forty, so this is the fortieth anniversary spectacular of Apocalypse Now. It was released August fifteenth, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, for those who somehow might not know, it is the epic. Retelling of Joseph Conrad's novella, Heart of Darkness, which finds Martin Sheen's Captain Willard uh, sent up the river to terminate with extreme prejudice. (laughs) Marlon Brando's Colonel Kurtz, who Willard's supervisors believe has gone insane, 
the film stars Robert Duvall, Frederick Forrest, Lawrence Fishburne, Dennis Hopper, Harrison Ford, to name a few. So it's a gem. Brian, I know you're a big fan. Yeah, I, I am. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we we recently went and saw the... I mean, we should kind of like kind of talk about this. We recently went and saw the 40th anniversary final cut um, at the Beacon Theater for the Tribeca Film Festival. Francis Ford Coppola was there. Robert Duvall was there. Steven Soderbergh was there doing a Q&A afterwards yeah, with, yeah. uh, with Coppola. With Coppola. Um, so this is kind of coming ahead of this summer. They're dropping the final cut. Yep, it will be released in, in theaters, theaters August 15th on the Ooh, exact yeah. day. So this is what he believes is the final cut. So And this is, if, if I read correctly, 20 minutes shorter yes. than the Redux. So the Redux was released in 2001. And the way he described it, because people are like, why, you know, why all these different things, is he kind of wanted to release... Um, because Blade Runner did five. I'm allowed to do, <laughs> I can do I'm this. allowed to do up to five. He wanted to just put everything back in with Redux. That's mm-hmm. what it was about to him. He knew it would be lengthy. He knew he would, in his mind, he was going to come around to this final cut eventually. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to put out... Um, more of those things. So yes, it's longer than the original theatrical version, but shorter than re- Redux. How much did you say it was by? Uh, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Okay, yeah. The new running time is three hours and two minutes. So this is a movie, when I was like a teenager and I was like really wanted to be a film nerd, mm-hmm. this was always on the AFI like Absolutely. top 100 lists. And I found myself, anytime I was homesick from school, I would either watch Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. or 2001. To just try to just really yeah. understand them, yeah. and I watch these movies mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And then I That's did not watch, you to watch be a it for a long, long time. Oh yeah. And I just started watch. I watched it again uh, last week. Mm. But I started. I, I did it. I have to watch movies odd now because I have three year old, so mm-hmm. I have to watch it like over In several pieces, days. Yeah. 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 So I originally, with my wife, started watching the Redux, and we mm-hmm. got about an hour and twenty in, and then uh, went to bed. And then two days later, I couldn't get the Redux version anymore. Like, the Plex wasn't working. Yeah. So then I watched the original mm-hmm. cut from, like, the Duvall scene on. Yeah. So I have no idea what scenes are in the Redux, so, oh. what scenes are on, in the original. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, like, a big, like, jumble in my head. So, I mean, I think the biggest ones... Uh, so there's a couple things. Um, in terms of, like, aside from the cut itself... Mm. Uh, there's a couple things that they did um, to enhance this final cut, as yeah, we're speaking of. Yes. Yeah, so they did. Uh, 2,700 hours were spent cleaning and restoring the films, uh, 300,173 frames. The 4K scan, combined with Dolby's HDR processing, has led to a level, level of depth and detail uh, in Vittorio Storaro's cinematography that audiences couldn't see before. Mm. So you're seeing like a new 4K print. Yeah. Um, it's you're, gonna be gorgeous. You're right. also seeing. Um, I don't know or, if you read about the the sound. I was gonna say hearing. That's yeah. saying yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, Step that game up. So they um, they did a they they called it a sensual sound, uh, which was intended through deep low frequency to create a new type of visceral viewing experience. Um, they said they installed special subwoofers for seventy millimeter screenings. Yeah. Um, they pushed the boundary of low frequency. 
Uh, and they did it actually. They did it specifically in the in the Beacon. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. in the Beacon Theater. So you're so. feeling the rumble in your guts. Yeah, we were pretty high up. We had some, but yeah, <laughs> so I, we didn't have the best seats in the house. But I mean, it's amazing to think that they spent they, that much time on the sound. I they, mean, it already won. It already the sound was already amazing. It right. won best sound at yeah. the Oscars that year. They couldn't um, they couldn't reach those low frequencies back mm-hmm. in 1979. Mm-hmm. So this is like a new thing that it's they're like is some sort of perfectionist. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, on top of that. I mean, that's just the that's just the tax specs, kind of. But mm-hmm. the, the cut itself. I mean, I think I think the the, uh, the the biggest things that you can take away from it is they do not have that scene in Redux where the Playboy bunnies are. You see them like fornicating with the Playboy bunnies mm. after the show. Or they're trading gas for... Yeah, the, yeah. There's not that... There is the scene that isn't in the original that the is French in Reduction. The French plantation scene. Which I have no recollection of okay. whatsoever. It's, it's funny because it's actually... I mean... I didn't it's, either. It's kind of a consensus critique of the film. Mm. And the way I heard it uh, described in just reading something today which I thought was perfect... Um, it kind of breaks the spell of the journey. Because you are, you're going up the river, it's got this whole, you know, things you're going through, like the levels of insanity and madness, I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll get into a lot. And then all of a sudden, you're at a table with French imperialistic. They're all, yeah, they cleaned up. Just, they cleaned up. Yep, and they're just like eating dinner and they're talking politics for like 25 minutes. Wait, all the guys from the boat? No, but no. it's just him with these French guys and this uh, and this woman who's merely making eyes at him. It's it's. And I mean, there's interesting facets to it. They go but it's and then so he, different. He it's goes. So yeah. different. He goes and smokes opium with the woman. That's a fun scene. Actually. Yeah, I mean that takes you kind of back into yeah, it. Yeah, it does. And like, had that scene happened mm. earlier on in the film, maybe it would have worked, but. At that point in the... Because I don't remember that from Redux. And I saw Redux, like... Yeah. Me, me and you, when we talked about back. it right afterwards, we were both convinced it wasn't in Redux. But yeah. It, it is. Yeah, it is. I just, yeah, yeah, I don't either. What um, year was Redux? Like 2001. 2001. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that when it came out and then put it away for a long time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was... It's, it's, I mean, as good as it is, and I watched this so many times, too. And it was, I was, it was funny just thinking about what you were saying about watching it at different times in your life. Um... I was thinking about that a lot, and especially with uh, um, uh, what's his name's character, the, um, Robert Duvall's character. Was it, was it Colonel? Colonel Kurt? Uh, not Kurt. Uh, uh, is it Bill um, Willard? You know, Willard is. Uh, uh, it's Colonel Bill Kilgore. Kilgore. Okay. Yeah. Kil- Kilgore. So, when I was younger, I would look at that as really cool. Yeah. The the the, the music. The blowing up of the whole thing, the not being scared of, you know, the whole, like, you know, when he doesn't shudder yeah. when there's bombs going off around him. His bravado was kind of cool to me. Charlie don't surf. Charlie don't surf, the whole thing. <laughs> Which he but, said at the, uh, at the screening. At the beacon, he, like, brought out Robert Duvall, a very not a, old... Not a young man, right? Yeah. yeah a very old Robert Duvall. felt like Duvall, they trotted him out a little bit. And uh, he yelled out, Charlie don't surf. The place with Which, which was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's still stuck to that line a little yeah. bit, but it's, it's kind of right. it make him say the napalm line. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. Um, but if you think about that, that was, and it, this was the intention of it, was um, to kind of uh, uh, shine a light on American bravado and that sort of confidence. I mean, it's really fucked up what he's doing. Just oh, yeah. because of, uh, just all he wants to do is, is take over that peak for no other reason but then to surf. Yeah. And the, he's just killing 
tons of people and laying waste with this superior military might. It's messed up. Just the surf. See the just, way it breaks two ways? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's, which is cool lines. Yeah. And, you know, I'm watching it when I'm younger. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, you're, and then you're totally when right. you get older, you really get into how much of a, it is a commentary about uh, imperialism. And, and then there was, in, in the original cut, um, they took out the scene where he helps a little kid to a helicopter, yeah. like a, a wounded yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. kid. Um, and that was that was not in the original cut. That's in the that's and in that's, that, that in, exists now. That's, yeah. that's in Final yeah. Cut, and that actually adds like another layer yeah. to this character where he's not just a they monster. Keep, they give him like a little, little bit of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I was thinking a lot about that imperialism aspect. And do you, I mean, have you read Heart of Darkness? I, I haven't. Read. I know a lot about it, but I mean, it's um, you know, the source material is about the same thing, but it was written in the late 1800s, and it is. It was it was kind of one of the first like known. Um, uh, I think he was a British author, mm-hmm. and um, it was that wasn't about Vietnam, obviously, because it didn't happen. But it was about, about like Congo. It was about the Congo, and it was about like the rubber trade and them going down into Africa and just you know, uh, it, rubber and ivory, I believe, but mostly mm-hmm. rubber. And they weren't going to kill either. He w- they were going to rescue Kurtz. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. absolutely. Um, but it just it's it's just I find it so brilliant. That the the way they modernized it at that time was to you know use Vietnam as a yeah. backdrop and like just and then you were able to make all sorts of other war commentaries right. too and especially that one was about you know the British imperialism this one was about American imperialism right. which is a whole different he, thing. Is that Coppola was also talking uh, in the Q and A afterwards how Vietnam they saw as like a very California war as opposed mm. to World War II is a very, like, kind of New York... You know how you'd always see, like... East Coast War. Yeah, like... Like, Bro- guys see the Brooklyn, Brooklyn guy. Yeah. yeah. Charging, charging the beach at Normandy, whereas right. California was this very, like, stoner, California, yeah. uh, or Vietnam. Yeah, what he's, he's, he's like, it's like, um, um, uh, surfers, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, California, like a West Coast war, yeah. which is very different in aesthetic and in just the, you know characters that you're going to come upon. I mean, just the balls to make this movie balls. when he did and to, like, see it through through all the technical difficulties, mm-hmm. hurricanes, sets being destroyed, mm-hmm. firing actors. Yeah. People, I mean, the amount, talk about drugs. Yeah. I mean, the amount of the guy that plays the surfer, he was on LSD, mm-hmm. Speed, uh, I mean, obviously everyone was smoking weed. Bottoms? Is that, what's is that thing? Uh, yeah, maybe that's mm, the forget. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Frederick Forrest got, um, got Lawrence Fishburne hooked on heroin. Or Dennis Hopper got Lawrence uh, Fishburne hooked on heroin, and he was only 16 at the time. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Crazy, crazy shit. Yeah, it's nuts what they went through. It's but, really, I mean, if really you, nuts. And if you think about, like, what Coppola was coming off of, I mean, Godfather 1 and 2, Best mm. Picture, Best Director wins... Both of them, like, the dude was a phenom yeah. in Hollywood, and yet still nobody wanted to finance this movie. So he told the story at that um, at the Q and A. I think you actually left a little bit earlier than me, but he talked to Sodenberg. But he uh, he was talking about he had five Oscars at the time because it won eight total. He had five on a mm. shelf, and uh, he ended up smashing them all and in a fit of rage when he was trying to get this done and trying to get this through because he's like why what do these matter if I can't right. make the movie I want like he was like a you know I mean in a lot of ways he went mad through this whole thing he yeah. ended up uh, um, funding the whole thing having to back you know you know, he would have been in financial ruin if this didn't work out complete he, financial ruin he lost a hundred pounds mm-hmm. 
It's, he, he was on the apocalypse now he diet. Had, like nervous, nervous breakdowns. He like he he got like sick multiple times. He was freaking out. I mean, you guys know also Martin Sheen had this had like a heart, heart attack. attack. Had a heart yeah. attack. Yeah. <laughs> they were put they were put everything into this. Had a heart attack that they kept from the studio that they kept out of the press that they just kept between uh, Coppola and Martin Sheen and was just like just say heat exhaustion yeah. or just, Martin, yeah, just take exhaustion. a couple days. Don't tell anyone. Didn't they have a. a um, the audio of when someone back east or back in USA found out about the heart attack, like his agent. It wasn't that in the Heart of Darkness. Oh, I watched I it in something, and they're just yelling at like, oh, like <laughs> "How dare you? You know if this gets back to anyone?" Sounds horrible. It sounds like yeah. a horrible. It experience. also sounds like such a bonding experience. Like the guys mm. in the boat, like they are like the heart and soul of this movie, and they all die. Yeah. Uh, but those scenes must just to have like this crew of dudes. There's like no women in this movie. Mm. It's just like this crew of men. Yeah. And I kept thinking of that. The guy who played Chef, Frederick Forrest. I'm like, where have I seen this guy before? Like, I know this guy. He's the fucking Nazi surplus store guy yeah. and falling down. Yeah. That's right. And it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know God. what else he is? Blue Duck in Lonesome Dove. Oh. You know, Lonesome Duck. I didn't until I met Brian, and I've never. No one's looked at me more appalled, and I'm like, Lonesome Dove is. He's like, we'll be friends after. Yeah, Lonesome Lonesome Dove is one of the best pieces of television ever created. It was a miniseries on ABC in like 1989, Mm -hmm. and it's a cast is on the cat. It's a Robert Duvall, Tommy Lee Jones, Danny Glover, really Angelica, Angelica Houston. and it's about two uh, two Texas Rangers, uh, Robert Duvall and Tommy mm-hmm. Jones, that take a, a that take a uh, cattle mm-hmm. from Texas up to Montana. They're like over the hill uh, Texas Rangers, and that's a whole show. And it's like four two hour episodes, so it's like eight hours of these. Yeah, just epic. Epic. I can check this. It's yeah, really great. But, yeah, it holds up too. But Frederick Forrest plays one of the most gangster villains you've ever seen. And he's just... Every time I see him in something, he always, like, seems like he's very different. Like, he's yeah. this chameleon-type Yeah, different energy, actor. different haircuts. Yeah. yeah. Wow, falling down. That, 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 yeah. that, that, yeah. that, 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 I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a while. I wonder if it's... I still love that movie. Yeah, I don't... If, yeah. It, I, might, I, I don't think I want to watch it because no. I, I like where it lives. I like, yeah, he's kind, he's kind of a character in, in Apocalypse Now that, like, goes to the extent of of madness, like yeah. he's the one that like survives the most, mm. realizes what's going on, is fighting it the whole time up until his death. Yeah, I mean the other guy that survives, oh, yeah. the surfer that survives, he like once he's at that, we kind of talked about it after. Mm. Once he's at that moment where he's taking the acid mm. in that one firefight scene, from then he's Off never he's never yeah, back. Absolutely. He's always got the puppy. Yeah, he like becomes one with the tribe until yeah. like Martin Sheen kind of takes him at the end. Yeah, he was immediately right part of the tribe. He's like, all right, I'm yeah. here now. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, it's time to go home. All right, I guess I'm going home <laughs> with this puppy. The movie, the movie. Upon this rewatch, yeah. the movie is funny. Yep. It like it's still shocking. So many like scenes are just shocking. There's so many just flat out beautiful like looking scenes uh, in this movie. Gorgeous. And I, all I kept thinking like as I was watching, now you guys might give me shit because uh, 
as you know, I believe that Die Hard is not a Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 But, but don't I worry, believe... you'll be back on for the uh, <laughs> yeah, for our second we'll... Christmas special at the end of this year. Our it's okay. Die Hard Christmas well, special. We have, uh, plan- we have plans. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that I think Apocalypse Now is the greatest road trip movie of all time. See, we're that's not going to argue with solid. you on this. I like that call. I think it goes, great. It's a <laughs> mission to go from point call. A to Absolutely. point B it, and all the journeys it, you have it, along it, the way. It up. is an odyssey. Mm. It's an odyssey in the full, a, full fullest of. extent of the term. It's a physical odyssey and it's a it's a uh, spiritual and mental odyssey too mm-hmm. because the the uh, that river from Vietnam into Cambodia mm-hmm. is I mean, you could make, draw parallels between that and the uh, the river of the mind, mm. the the the, uh, the, the no descent question. into madness. Mm. The further upriver you go, the the more you the, the more you lose it. Yeah. Um, That's exactly what I think of it as. It's that it's a descent into madness, yeah. and it's this there's just the different levels of insanity as you go through. Yeah. And and you know, I mean, of course, we're doing it mostly with um, with uh, you know. Martin Sheen's Captain Willard, because mm-hmm. um, it's his his whole arc is very interesting. That um, that that initial scene. Do you know that opening scene with him? Is he was a uh, it was his thirty sixth birthday. He was like really drunk. He was right? sort of, he could barely stand. <laughs> um, and just which which really makes it all work. I mean, just his like body language and all. But uh, yeah, he couldn't even. He you know he was trying to act and do the whole thing, mm. and so he's trying to hit the mirror, but he didn't know he was going to do that. And right away, like, you know, uh, Coppola's like, get a doctor. And Martin's like, no way, I'm, see- I'm seeing this through. Yeah. Like, and just it went into, even the footage you can see that's not uh, in the film, it's even worse. He's going mad. It's, well, it's wild. Just, and, that, like, and that's the opening scene yeah. of this movie. Yep. Uh, yeah. Right, right off the right <laughs> yeah. off the bat. Yeah, like you said, it, it and was... And he took, he took the mission, because what the hell else was he supposed <laughs> yeah. to do? What, yeah. what the hell else was he going to do? Yeah. Yeah, was no. it a suicide mission? Like, was he prepared to die? Was it like he just doesn't give a fuck? I got the now. I got the sense from upon set upon this viewing of it. Um, I got the sense that he was like that good at his job. Mm. Like he was a real killer. I mean, they really kind of get that across throughout the whole film. Like when anyone even questions. You know his his intentions. It's yeah. just like do your like right. stay, I'm a stay in your yeah. fucking lane. Yeah. Like yeah. you know who I am. They know who he is. Um, at the beginning when they uh, when the CIA, um, I'm assuming he's a CIA. He, he's like yes. the, the guy yes. civilian who he yes, was the second. He was the second AD. Yeah, he's like a director. Mm-hmm. Right, he's yeah. the first. He was the first AD. <laughs> he actually that uh, that guy. What was that dude's name? Um, what a great face. One line. Uh, yeah, he's like Jerry in the trailer. Jerry yeah. forever. Yeah. Jerry Zeismer. Jerry, Jerry Zeismer. He actually had to direct um, a lot of uh, Marlon Brando's scenes because Coppola and Brando. Yeah, I want to get into, I want to get out. into Brando full full on a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I was thinking also one of those things like when you take like a true soldier like that out of the bush mm. and just like they don't know really how to operate anymore right. so the idea to be able to get uh, you know a ticket back in is almost a gift in a lot of ways yeah. and, and just like this especially if you excel at something if you're really good at something you want to do that something um, so uh, yeah I felt there was duty involved I'd, I mean there could be both it could be the suicide mission and the duty and the you know escapism well, maybe it's just if you're such 
a soldier. Like yeah. he is. Like death is possible. And yeah. It's like I don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm here to follow orders and, and do this mission. Yeah. That's, that's part of it. Yeah. Well, and it's also um, on the other end of it, Kurtz is waiting for that soldier to come. Right. That's the yes. only. That's the only death that he can have. He mm-hmm. wants. He needs to die on his feet. He needs to be murdered in combat. But he doesn't want to be judged. Right, right. Yeah. Don't yeah. judge yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. You could kill me. Yeah. Just do not judge me. But don't look at me. <laughs> yeah. So what's fascinating, like, you meet so many fascinating and like characters throughout this whole movie. And it's like, it's rising to the peak, and then you get Dennis Hopper. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Hopper's just off the wall, like the wall. bonkers, wonderful performance. Like, yeah. Maybe the best Dennis Hopper performance ever. That over blue, over blue velvet. Yeah, <laughs> maybe over <laughs> speed. <Yeah. laughs> All right, I'll give him speed. Speed was pretty great. Um, but I, upon this watching, was a little let down by Brando. Mm. It's almost like it, it's built up to this moment, and I have trouble without subtitles. I would have no idea half the lines of dialogue mm-hmm. that he's saying. Um, did it's you just like this did enigma? You put, did you put the subtitles? I on? did to kind of mm. to kind of watch and mm. and it's just did Kurtz snap? Did he just evolve into this new thing? Did he find this tribe where they worshipped they worshipped him as a god? Mm-hmm. Like, did he do something to deserve that worship, or did he just show up? Is this part of the jungle just mm. haunted? Well, I think it's. I mean, it's also. Uh, I think it's. Uh, a man that rose through the ranks so high mm. of the American again back to the, like the imperialism. Yeah, I'm gonna keep bringing there um, times, yeah. And kind of saw like, what are we doing? Mm, yeah. I kind of came into this, and I'm sure this dude, this has to be rehashed and recycled through so many soldiers' minds in our current American military system, the military industrial complex. I mean, how many people go in with the best intentions? I'm going to serve my country. Yep. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do what's good. Only to find, no, we're dropping Agent Orange and Napon right. on, on villages and fucking burning children alive. Here, I can disappear in the jungle, forget all of that shit, and then live my own fucking warped right. fantasy. Um, yeah, one thing Joseph Conrad's book really did... Uh, like its goal was to humanize and show that the people in Africa were really people. Right. So this soldier who's, like you said, rose up through the ranks and, you know, you're doing what you're doing, you're trying to serve your country, but when you go there, you know, a lot of people can try to find ways to wall that out and and, and not look at them as people, but also I'm sure so many of them, you know, when they get there, like when you travel or when anyone travels, they, they... see that we're all kind of the same yeah. and that must fuck with someone who's been trained to look at them as the other right. or to act just to, to follow their uh, uh, protocol or training mm-hmm. you know and it just it's it's gotta be a mind fuck it's like that great Black Mirror episode with yeah. the uh, like the vampire soldiers oh, well yeah. they're the uh, what do they call what them what they call them the Mutants or they call them oh, roaches. Yes. roaches roaches yeah, yeah. but they turned it yeah. around the other way yeah yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. gross yeah <laughs> Black Mirror is uh, coming back, back next week. Next yeah. week, that's, that's we'll be exciting. coming back. We're gonna do another episode on that. Black Mirror was the first episode um, uh, Brian and I did to kick off Welcome to the Party, so we're excited to revisit that. Before we go too much further, just want to mention that Os- uh, Welcome to the Party Pal is part of the Osiris Podcast Network. Uh, Osiris is a community of podcasts that bring you live events, um, tons of awesome podcasts. You go to osirispod.com, check it out. Will's on one. 
I, I, I help uh, work on it. I'm not. You do the, all the heavy lifting. Mike. I don't. I don't. You guys. Uh, it's, but I will say this. I mean it. And one of the reasons I love working on it is because it's one of my favorite podcasts. It's Godwin and Evan. That's awesome. Um, I don't even know where to start with kind of plugging other episodes of Osiris. I was just kind of going through them today. They just are dropping so many. So head over to OsirisPod.com to bang it out. Um, we talked a little just about Brando's character. Mm-hmm. Um, Brando showing up on set is a whole fun story to talk about as well. I mean, he shows up overweight, entirely unprepared. Mm-hmm. I mean... Hadn't read the book. Hadn't read the book. Like, he, Pockets lined with money, though. He made a deal. He was going to get paid $3 million for four weeks of work uh, on weekdays only and never past 5.30 was his deal. So one of the stories that they talk about in a lot of the docs about this or, or just anything you see about Apocalypse Now is how he forced... Coppola to have all these conversations about who Kurtz is. And so maybe he was trying to, you know, learn more about the (laughs) motivations, but everyone is pretty positive that he was just trying to stretch out that time and just literally just kind of like stalling. 5.30. Yeah, absolutely. Just to like make sure those weeks line up and just like get, like kind of stalling. Because he's not in the movie much. No, not at all. Yeah, it's kind of... Dick move. It feels dicky. Oh, yeah. It feels yeah. dicky. The whole thing feels... Very... Did he come in at the end of shooting? Or, like, where was he? Great I don't question. even know where he was in the schedule. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. He definitely... There's there's people sitting around. There's great footage of it sitting around. while You can see Coppola's Coppola like... He's worked up. He's, yeah. It's been through a lot. It's actually... It's amazing to see. He's it's, such an auteur. He's like an artist. Yeah. And it just... This is like... I understand why he's spending time on this and recutting it. And, like, this was his... This was, I mean, it took him three years to cut it. Yeah, three years yeah, to edit the shit. They also there was nowhere in the Philippines where they were shooting to process the film, so everything had to be shipped back to the U.S. So he wasn't seeing any dailies while he was shooting. Oh it wasn't until it was all done. That's that's crazy. Nuts. That's that's nuts. why. I mean, that's another reason why they probably had so much footage. I mean. I mean, at that point, if you're not seeing dailies, you're not knowing what you're getting right, you're just packing it in as well. I mean, right. the amount of footage he had was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, also, Hop, back to that, uh, the Brando, Hop, he hated Hopper, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he couldn't act in the same scenes with Absolutely. Hopper. And <laughs> yeah, so- they were, I mean, Coppola was very, uh, even beforehand, he was just like, I need to keep these guys. I think of all the the unique personalities he's dealing with yeah. at this time and he's juggling all that he, he knew right away he, these actors before. are Martin Sheen's having a heart attack in the jungle <laughs> over there <laughs> they found Martin the jungle's Sheen. on fire Martin Sheen had a heart attack in his hotel room and they found him crawling down the street <laughs> he was read his last rites by someone he didn't know what he was saying because it was in a different language but he was read his last rites they thought he was definitely going to die <laughs> <laughs> like, they finally got like the call and went and got him some real have help. You heard, um, have you heard the story too? Of the, just in terms of the uh, using the military equipment, the U.S. military wouldn't allow wouldn't allow uh, Coppola to use theirs because because basically it's because, Vietnam, it's an anti-Vietnam. Movie. Yeah, well, basically, yeah, it was one I, of the first anti-war movies. Yeah, in, like, I think basically because. Uh, they chose to the whole mission was to execute a colonel right and the military was like we would never do that (laughs) we're not fucking giving you that so they had to get it makes sense so so they had to get the Filipino uh, the Filipino army which was waging a, a, a civil war at the time so, like, while they had control, what was he saying? He had control of, like, 19 helicopters or something. Yeah, they had, a, well, like, almost a lot of their air fleet. 
Yeah. And, and they would, all of a sudden, middle, like, middle of the shoot, gotta pull them out. They were just, like, to go to everyone work. just running to, <laughs> running to their helicopters and stuff, and they're like, yo, we gotta go. And he knew that'd be the deal, and they just have to stop everything while they went off and whatever raid or, like, defend or whatever part. Yeah, and then they would come back and hopefully... And we were really, we were really watching, we, I mean, uh, Mike and I said this, uh, we're talking about this afterwards, that if you're watching that, if you're watching the whole Robert Duvall sequence, I mean, that shit is, will never, ever, ever be done like that ever again. Because they don't have They're, to. They, they don't have to have, and every shot in that sequence, there's always, like, helicopters going behind right. in the background, something blowing up over here, It's and it's all practical effects. There's right. no yeah. CGI. Yeah. There's no CGI helicopters going behind them. So they had to coordinate all right. this for this ex- really extended sequence. And it looks... They did a great job of making it look like chaos. chaos. Yeah. But it's controlled. Organized, organized chaos. Yeah. Organized confusion. Yeah. Absolutely. All the sets, not even just that one you're speaking of, which I think is the most mind-blowing one, but when they get to that nighttime when they're having the Playboy bunnies out there, yeah. that those sets with like the lights on the mm. boats and everything, yeah. absolutely stunning. The big stands, like... Yeah. Then when you get to where Colonel Kurtz is, that's also stunning. That cinematography, oh that cinematography is amazing. These, I mean, these are all made out in the jungle, like built by in the Philippines. In the Philippines, it's I, just I wrote this thing today. So about the very like the ending of the movie, it's like I think it's fascinating that he has this giant epic movie, but he doesn't have an ending to it. Mm. Yeah, and, like he doesn't know he, how it's going to end before he goes out there. He yeah. does not have an ending. He does yep. not have the totally. ending for the movie. Uh, I thought the ending of... So I watched the original cut. Uh, I, th- I think it's the same ending for Redux. Mm-hmm. Right? He walks out. The guy's basically... He, you're our new Kurtz. Yep. And he's like, nah. Yeah. yeah. Um, he throws the machete down. Right. They all throw their weapons down. He walks to the boat. Does not make the call to bomb yep. everything. Which he... So he broke his order. His order was to destroy everything. Right? It wasn't just to kill Kurtz. It was to just... Get rid of everything, right? Yeah. All the Wasn't there a call? But I might be wrong. But didn't they want? Didn't they? Uh, what's his name? Who was left on the boat last and got killed? Wasn't he supposed to call in? Forrest. Fred yeah. Forrest. Forrest. Yeah. They should, yeah. But they killed yeah. him. But they, they killed him before. So he was going to call it in because he did not make it back. And he said, "I'm, I'm going to go try to kill him. Yeah. yeah. If I don't get back, so he did. In that instance, he was calling it in, meaning he was captured. Right. And did that, but. When he left afterwards, no. Like you're saying. Now, and then the screen cuts to, you know, you see the statue, and then it cuts to black. Yep. No end credits. No end credits, yep. Then I read today, and, and this is fascinating. The, yep. There was a different end credit sequence for, like, when it aired on TV. Oh, really? Which was the forest and just explosions. Mm-hmm. Because apparently the rules of the Philippines for when a set is, like, when your movie's done... You have to blow up the sets, <laughs> like they, you have to, they just have to be destroyed. Who, who wrote these? I don't, wrote, I don't know. So Paul was like, "All right, since we got to blow up the sets, let's just film it." Yeah. So he used that footage yeah. to cover the end credits for like TV, but do, which really confused people. As if, wait, did Sheen call in the airstrike? Oh. Because all these fucking things are blowing up yeah. everywhere, and that's the last thing we see. And he's like, "No, no, no." Basically, we just had cool footage of shit blowing up. Well, the um, the mm. footage you see in the beginning, where it's real grainy, mm. this might actually be the same idea, the same footage, was actually just discarded footage of, of explosions that they actually, I think the story is there was like in like 
a box ready the to first, throw the down. Very first, the very the first, very first shot. That was a shot that Coppola just found. Found. That's an upset. That's and, exactly the story. I'm and then he's like, "This would sound good with doors over yeah. it," <laughs> um, which is great, man. It's just the palm trees swaying for like a minute. Yeah. For like yeah, a and minute. It's grainier too. than like, and they even kept the graininess in this one. It's like it looks like yeah. you know older footage than. Yeah, I guess because it's. It might have been punish. the coolest thing the Doors ever were. I wanted to bring that up a little bit because I I, uh, I come upon this is an aside, of course, but uh, a lot of people like I like the Doors a little bit. I mean, I don't, but I find a lot of people. Yeah. I didn't realize a lot of people hate the Doors. Fuck a those lot, people! A lot of people hate the Doors. I think they're fine. They're, they're fine. fine. I'm not like, like uh, I. I think some of the music yeah. really intense. Some of it's. I think some of it's. At the end, like this, like this, Give I mean, me some of it's strange, really wonderful. Alabama whiskey song. I'll yeah. take all those. I've never turned off a Dirt Door song that came on. I like. I just. I um, have turned off the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I don't. I'm but right in here, this but. movie, it is great. Yeah. yeah. I listened to it before I came over. Yeah. I cranked it. I, I cranked it to get in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> just like a, a normal kind of, uh, what day is this? Tuesday? Wednesday? It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I Wednesday don't know. After I, 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 I had a weekend. Dressed. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in Madrid. Me and Brian had a weekend. Yeah. Um, we actually were talking about the doors over the weekend. Yeah. Well, they've, been, they've influenced a lot of like psych rock bands. I like. I mean, there's no Black Angels if there's no The Doors. I right. love. We, you like Black Angels too. They I sound the like the, they sound like The Doors. Like, I mean, their yeah. whole Black Angels, their whole first album is all about Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Which like coming from a fucking you know stoner rock group yeah. and like came out in what awesome. 2010 yeah. or something. Yeah, they're Texas based band, I believe. Um, That's that. Those Vietnam songs, are you know these songs, no. Black Angels, all. I used to play some Who of them. Who the hell are the Black Angels? They're cool. They're, they're like down. awesome Texas like psych rock band. Right. It sounds it sounds like the best parts of the Doors. But I was always shocked where I would get into conversations with people and I like bring up like a door or something about the Doors or how I liked the Doors a lot when I was young. I was like I got caught up. I was reading his poetry when I was starting writing a lot and just like the weirdness of it. Right. Like it was like. Some sick, weird, psychedelic shit. Roadhouse, Roadhouse Blues is my yeah. go-to yeah, start karaoke. I like to... If, is if, that uh, it? Yeah, yeah. A lot of times I'll start with my karaoke um, playlist. Yeah. Roadhouse Blues. <laughs> Roadhouse Blues is the one. Yeah. I just... I was shocked. I was coming to people all the time. Like, fuck the door. People I like, really respect their musical opinion. I'm like, wow, am I... Well, it's like... Oh. It's also like, you know, uh, sublime in the 90s. Yeah, I fucking um, love Sublime um, in the 90s. You know, but I'm, a little, I'm a little bit ashamed yeah, of yeah. it now. Is that yeah. what the Doors is? Though? I incredibly popular, short, uh, short lifespan. Um, to some, maybe. I don't think that everyone. Yeah. is subjective. I think they mean a lot <coughs> to So I see some people also the other way around. Like I'm, I'm not going to confront people who don't like the Doors, but no. some people will. Like it yeah. means, means a lot. Fuck the Doors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I was People got a lot of point. hate to get out. There's a lot of hate. A lot of hate out here. A lot of hate. Um, I want to talk. I, I just we have to mention his name, um, John Milius, because he uh, yeah. he helped write uh, this film, and, and I, I was really taken by how much credit um, when when we were at that Coppola Q and A. How Coppola just like any time there was credit to be given about the writing or any dialogue yeah. or anything, he's like this. John, not me, John Milius. Yeah. John Milius and. You know, we got to bring him up too because he wrote and directed Conan the Barbarian. Mm. Yeah, that's where I know him because yeah. it's like I'm an Arnold guy. Yeah, we're Arnold so guys. Like, this is Team Arnold. That right guy <laughs> wrote fucking Apocalypse Now. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, and uh, he did Red Dawn, original Red Dawn, is something that means a lot to me. Um, and I didn't know. Uh, did you guys do HBO's Rome? 
I did. Is it, it good, Brian? I I, yeah. I have a friend who loves it, and I'm like, I feel like I slept on it. It was good. Yeah. Have you not seen it? I've not, and I'm, I'm going to change. It's it. solid. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, it was um, it was short lived for sure. Mm. It was only two seasons. Only two seasons. Um, did it conclude? I, you know how De- uh, Deadwood, which we're going to get a movie, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. I, I kind of was left. Um, you know. Are you excited about the Deadwood movie? I love Deadwood. I never watched the last season of it. Did you not? Yeah. yeah well, they kind of left off. you. It's like it. It's. It felt like you know, I'm so glad they're doing it because it didn't have like a proper conclusion. I have, how much are they going to ramp up the word cocksucker? I swear it's just going <laughs> yeah. all in. He's all like, in. are they going to go harder than normal? Because they're just like, well, I uh, hope the Chi- is the Chinese guy still alive. I didn't. I, he better be. I, yeah, I need. He, I think he is. Yeah, he's yeah, got it. Yeah. That guy was the best part. Yeah, of that. I don't think they took out too many of the characters. Like there was, I feel like they they were getting re- like ready to dig in. Yeah, and like like I, I don't know exactly what happened there, um, what pulled the plug, but uh, so the narration, all the narration was not written by John Millies. It was written by um, Michael Hur. Hmm. I think he was a former um, soldier who they found him. Um, found so much writing or something but he wrote all of um, the voiceover work all of basically Martin Sheen's interesting so that they would I guess they wanted someone with like the expertise of a military viewpoint as well because he is going through it with an analytical eye that's a fun it's another thing that this really how well made it is I mean you're finding out about Kurtz bit by bit as you go through yeah. as he's like learning about him as he goes through and it, I mean there's the parallels between the two of them because I mean he is in a way becoming him as he descends into madness as Kurtz maybe did or didn't I, I, my favorite Kurtz story is when uh, it, the moment that maybe made him snap when they went to the village to inoculate all the children mm-hmm. and then they turned around and was like oh we did a good job and then they turn around to see the elders of the village chopped off all the kids' arms and just put them in a pile. It's like, you know, we don't want you fucking, you know, inoculations. Yeah, yeah, in just keep that, keep, like, keep that out of here. And it's like, he saw that and he's like, oh, wow. Like, that is why they're going to win this war. Yep. It's like, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's like, and that's, he said, if I had 10 squads of those soldiers, yep. I could do, and he, maybe that's what absolutely. he got at the end. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the commentary um, about Vietnam is that's in this and just I mean the Vietnam was so messed up and that we I mean the, the government thought we like just we'd go in there with just this huge military force and it would be easy and just the will of the people they they, they prepared forever preparing the jungle yeah. preparing traps and it showed that it's not this huge military might can only take you so far and this bluster and this like it's I mean the whole thing it was a completely unjustified war. We, I mean, well, technically, we, it wasn't even a war. They never declared it. Yeah, we haven't. I mean, we haven't had a war for a long time. Yeah, yeah. we haven't declared yeah. war for a oh, long time. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it, um, I was watching the Ken Burns Vietnam doc, and like the war in Vietnam was going on for like a couple of years before the American public even knew about yeah. it. Yeah, wait, I mean, before the Gulf of Tonkin. Um, I think the first time that. Uh, that Americans kind of caught on to like what was going on was when the the monk burned himself. Oh, okay. In either sort of like the mid '60s, right? Yeah. When the soldiers started anyway. Yeah. No. I know. We, I'm yeah. like, wow. We might have been out of our depth a little yeah. bit. But I mean, it's 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 so interesting that this movie, like, you know, captured Vietnam in this way because Vietnam was also interesting in the fact that it was like 
the first televised war, mm-hmm. meaning like it was brought into people's kitchens, like when they were like eating dinner. Like it was it's probably why it's probably why World War Two has such like a has a grandiose, the greatest generation. Like, yeah, oh. kind of like a remembrance of it because they weren't fucking seeing that. Yeah, shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, and also you, we were fighting Hitler, which was yeah, easy, yeah, it was easy villain. Yeah, yeah. 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 It makes uh, it makes more sense on many levels. Where does uh, where does Apocalypse Now fall on your favorite Vietnam movie uh, list? So I'm going to put Euro Trip first, <laughs> the best, <laughs> best road trip movie of all time, and then Apocalypse Now. He doesn't want to even do it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, uh, I don't even look at this as a Vietnam War movie. This is a road trip it's movie. Pure, I like how they go go to White Castle. See, we got <laughs> Apocalypse see, Now. We, 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 we get your back when you make a declaration <laughs> like this. But you, you claim it as a road trip movie. I actually really like that take. I like, uh, I love Full Metal Jacket. It's like a bigger part of my, my heart. Man. My that is, man. That is... I think I like Full Metal Jacket more I, than I, Apocalypse Now. I think... I possibly might take Will's side on this. I go back and forth between these two. Full Metal Jacket is incredible. I think it might be one of Kubrick's best. Yeah. I mean, Full Metal Jacket is very straightforward. It's like, here are two stories... Yeah. And we are very... We're going to put it in your face. Prep for this war, is what's happening war, here. Yeah. And war. Right? Yeah. And Apocalypse Now is... Hey, it's a journey, man. Yeah. Like, we're just going in and out of this person's life. So it's a little uh, more esoteric, right? I mean, it's surreal. It's a psychedelic yeah. experience yeah. at times. Yeah. I mean... But it's also... There's tons of realism in it, too. I mean, like, they put you right in, you know, oh, some yeah. battles. So it's... That's what I always thought was so... Uh, just incomprehensible about it how it could be surreal psychedelic and real at the same time and it, it, it all crafts itself into this one whole unique experience that is the Apocalypse Now experience yeah, um, yeah well I mean and you also got to look at it, I mean this was the first I mean because that kind of like created that sub-genre of unique Vietnam movies that I, yeah. mean, they, I guess our only options are Apocalypse Now Platoon and Full Metal Jacket De- well Born, 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 Born on the Fourth of July Deer Hunter Thank Deer you. Hunter Deer Hunter Deer Hunter yeah so yeah they, they, they all kind of got a different tone a similar yeah. tone I mean Deer Hunter is the only one of those that won Best Picture ooh yeah, they yeah. didn't have to go up against Kramer versus Kramer, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's and right. being there. I was looking at everything that um, that they lost to. Yeah, Kramer versus Kramer had a heck of a year. Robert Benton won director for Kramer versus Kramer. Jesus. Best God, dude, picture. Kramer versus Kramer Hathaway. is like the most basic movie, too. Yeah. It's, have it's, you ever seen it? Yeah, I, was, I haven't. But guys, people didn't done. get divorced until 1979. Right. <laughs> that movie influenced do you think that's, finally get divorced. Do you think that's what it was? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it, for those I that like don't know, because I'm sure a huge swath of our listeners don't know that Kramer vs. Kramer, it's about, it's about divorce. Meryl, about Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep, Dustin Hoffman, yeah. uh, custody of a battle over a child. Yep. Is, do you think that is, like, had something to do with it? That, like, audiences hadn't seen divorce on screen like I this? Well, I mean, they didn't see a toilet on their TV until All in the Family in, like, the same few years. It's yeah. like, <sighs> like, so weird. What well, that's and, and, like, true, that's, and like, yeah. that's why, like, the Vietnam War was so fucked, because it's like, like you, when you were saying, like, we go in there, we think we're just going to win because we have this backstory of, like, American greatness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we win everything. Like, we're going to, like, you know, we, we only uh, celebrate the good things yeah. and we don't talk about the bad things. We forget about all that. 
but they never saw a toilet on TV mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. the late 70s. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's like, oh, we can't just survive on uh, our stories. We, yeah. have, we actually have to fight a people yeah. that are you know, willing to, do a, to go a lot further than we are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And for no reason at all. Yeah. It just it just worked really that's just shocking I would go with um, uh, this but I understand the full metal, metal jacket take it's, it's really wonderful it's it's one of those things like after, after you see it you're like oh that's the one it's the other one but I mean, I just, it's 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 unfair to compare they're absolutely. both phenomenal but, absolutely yeah. by two of the greatest directors yeah. ever yeah. period uh, what did we miss I think Kubrick is an overall better director. Yeah, I would say I, I would yeah. say his body yeah. work stands. I think yeah. that's um, I think that's like generally assumed, just because of the. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Movies. I was just gonna yeah. say the same thing. It's like a lot of times I'll talk to people about like best hip hop, uh, you know, MC, and one one of them that they're bringing up, I'm like he has one good album. Like it's not or like just to know. Yeah. Well, I mean. I'm not going to go down this way. But what I'm saying is, like, it's it, it takes greatness over a long period of time right. to be considered better. You know, it's not just about having that one album that might stand above those other ones. Like, this Ilmatic? might be able, huh? Uh, Nas is something I think of. I don't think if like he he's, he has that great album, and Jay Z has what well, to me like three or four really great albums. Mm. Maybe they're not as good as Omatic, but the four of them combined to me. Yeah, that's the Kubrick. That's the, I get well, you. I like I get it. You, you wanted specifics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, though, and that's something we'd have you back on. Um, I'm trying to think. Anything else we want to touch on? Uh, um, do we do we miss any great actors? Because there are so many great actors so many. in this movie. And I'm trying. That's one thing I like to do too: is make sure some I mean, of the names that are, are out there. That we, the uh, cinematographer is uh, Vittorio Storaro. Did I say that nailed right? It. Nailed, nailed it. Nailed it. As the Italian in the room, I will say you nailed it, but I'm happy. Um, so he did Reds, uh, Last Tango in Paris, Ishtar, Last Emperor. Works with Woody Allen now. Woody Allen's last uh, three films, um, Wonder Real, really? Cafe Society, and whatever. He's got something going. He's still, but he's still doing it. Yeah. It's wild. Um, yeah, that's, that's the last name I could think of. Brian, you got anything else for us? Ah... Uh... Yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, uh... No, that's awesome. I, I think we paid tribute. I yeah. have I have one more thing Please. to say. Harrison fucking Ford. Harrison Ford. Oh, wait. I said his name earlier, I but got we another, did not. I got another one. Scott Glenn. Oh, I did not. Yeah, he was the... I did not say Scott the first... He's the homeboy that's, like, out there that... That went before that Martin went, Sheen. Yeah. That went so, before Martin wait. Sheen and never came back and wrote the letter to his wife. I'm not coming oh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's in one That's shot, doesn't say anything. So he had, to, he had to stay in Vietnam in, in the Philippines for three years <laughs> to shoot that one. That one well, that's what the three years comes in. What I'm about to say, Harrison Ford did this movie pre Star Wars, but didn't Star Wars come out pre seventy seven, eighty, Yeah, yeah. This so was, he shot this before, so it was like a pre Star Wars shooting, and then oh, he that did. Was, that was a lucky move for Coppola. Got yeah. Han Solo in his fucking movie by they were accident. All, they, were, they were in bed a lot, though. George Lucas was supposed to um, shoot this originally. Yeah. And they, he was, he was, he was yeah. t- it was a John Millius project to begin with. And he was going to, the idea they had to do it, there's a very scaled down um, kind of, um, I don't know, shot in California, the whole thing. This is, thank goodness that didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> there's a whole bunch, I mean, 
it's always funny, like, reading back through this of, like, who was asked, like, Al Pacino was asked to play it, yeah. or Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood Keitel was hired. We have not mentioned that. He was hired and fired. He, he did, did, like, three weeks. He's in he one did. shot that made it into the what? movie. No, he's not. Yeah, he's in a, he's in a, like, a, you can't see him, but he's in the boat, like, in a, like, long, wide lens shot of, like, the boat coming down the river. And, wow. like, he's actually on that boat. He is such a weird fucking actor. Really is. Bad Lieutenant. Great movie. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, he's got, he's, he's a fucking a weirdo. Yeah. I, I would be curious to watch the Harvey Keitel version. I think the Absolutely. thing I read today was I want to see like, why he did, uh, got fired. Well, like, I think Coppola said that he, um, he just didn't, he, he was basically overacting on all the points where he was just listening. Okay. And Martin Sheen was just like, when he would listen, he was stone-faced. Stone-faced, yep. Just taking it all in. Yeah. And Coppola didn't like the way that Kaito He needed was to be quieter it. as a character because yeah. he was a mystery. He was yeah. sitting there like, he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> ear, hand yeah, cupped a big, around. A big long Coke fingernail. <laughs> hand cupped around the ear. Oh, man. Will, we cannot thank you enough. We obviously love having yes. you on. And get used to us trying to knock down that door to get you back. It is a pleasure co-hosting this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back anytime. Brian, as always. Um, and, uh, hey, just thank you everyone out there for joining the party. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.